Hi, and welcome back to Think Green. We're your hosts, the Inner Sustainability Council at UCSD. I'm Camila. And I'm Kaylee. And today we're going to be talking about food insecurity and waste and how they connect. We're going to start off by defining what exactly food insecurity and food waste are. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Kaylee. Yeah, so in its very basics, food insecurity is basically just someone that doesn't have good access or enough access to food. Um, and there's four, generally there's four specific requirements that defines whether someone's food secure. Um, and that's the food supply must be sufficient. Um, and that generally means that you live close enough to a grocery store or somewhere else that provides a sufficient amount of food. Um, so usually not like a gas station isn't going to be enough or um, other services like that don't have sufficient food. Um, the food supply must, must also be affordable. Um, so that's a relative thing, just because food might be affordable to you. Uh, food might not be affordable to someone else if it's, uh, unless it's free. Um, and then the third requirement is that it should be culturally appropriate. Um, and this basically means that for someone to be food secure, they should have access to food that is um, meaningful in their culture. And so like, uh, that might be, for some cultures having access to hot meals uh, three times a day, and other cultures that might be certain foods on certain holidays. Um, uh, and although technically a lot of people might argue that it's not necessary because nutritionally it's not necessary, uh, for most people's well-being, um, there are definitely culturally appropriate foods that they need to uh, continue throughout their day. Yeah, because like, I mean, food is a lot more than just like, making sure you're getting all the vitamins and nutrients. Food is all about, like, there's a social aspect to it as well because food is about gathering and, and about family, like, depending on your family and um, how you connect with people. But it's, like, a point of connection as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then just on top of that, the last and probably most obvious one is just that the food must be nutritious. You must have enough food that you can... You must have uh, enough food and enough variety that um, you can survive off of it and be healthy off of it. Um, And that's basically the base level of what food insecurity and food security is. Um, And then if we move on to food waste, um, there's two types of food waste. Well, one is called food loss and the other is called food waste. Mm. Um, So food loss is when um, food uh, is like damage in a way that it can no longer be eaten by humans. Um, so this might be if something's spoiled or a lot of the time, at least in my personal work, um, it's usually when something's recalled. Um, so you might have recent, or in like the past year or so, a lot of peanut butter was recalled because it had salmonella in it. <laughs> that would be food loss because unfortunately, um, even though that food can't be sold, it also can't be eaten. Mm. Um, And then the other side of food waste is just um, generally called food waste, which is when food is discarded that's still fit for human consumption, um, or like food is kind of left around and then it spoils when it could have been given away before. Um, And uh, 30 to 40% of the food supply in the United States uh, becomes food waste, unfortunately. Um, And within that 30 to 40%, 61% of that is um, commercial food waste, which would be grocery stores, um, farms, restaurants, and things like that. 
and the other 39% is household food waste, which is um, food that you're wasting in your own home, uh, which may be either like you not finishing a meal or you throwing something away before um, starting it. So while commercial food waste makes up uh, the majority of it, household food waste still makes a very significant amount. Yeah, like I know with my roommates sometimes, well, I feel like as college students, maybe we're not the best at like time management because we just don't have that much time, especially for cooking. And a lot of times my roommates will buy like a whole package of like cucumbers or like buy things in bulk. But the thing is, since we don't cook very often, half of that bag ends up going bad and we have to throw it away and it's so sad Mm -hmm. so sad yeah unfortunately value and or value in food is directly related to how much food you buy yeah so a lot of the time that is an issue um we find ourselves thinking something's a really good deal and then we don't eat it anyway (laughs) that happens to me all the time which um that's definitely something you should uh keep an eye out for shopping um or while shopping uh, always consider even if something is a real, really good deal consider like can you really eat that much in the time allotted or is there something you can do with it after it's um, started to go bad like you can freeze it or what I always do else. yeah like what I always do is I make a really big pot of like soup mm-hmm. with all the vegetables that like are about to go bad but I like haven't eaten them or like I know I'm not gonna eat them right away I'll just make like so much soup and then I can just put all the vegetables in that I they're about to go bad and the soup will last me for a really long time and it's super nutritious and also when I go grocery shopping because I used to have the problem of like buying too much just because it was a good deal like you said Um, and I know my roommates have the same problem and so now I have CalFresh which is like food stamps essentially and so now when I go shopping I think a lot less about I mean I still try to make sure I'm not overspending but I can think like oh it's okay if I get this if it's like one more dollar or like a dollar and fifty cents more um it doesn't like worry me as much and so I'll opt for things that are like not packaged so I can just buy like instead of buying like a bag of bell peppers I really love bell peppers instead of buying a bag of like 10 bell peppers and half of those are going to go bad by the time I get to them um I will buy like four individual bell peppers and those go real fast (laughs) because I love bell peppers um yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um whether or not you qualify for something like CalFresh or EBT um allotting yourself a sort of specific budget when you go grocery shopping um and of course, a lot of people have to do that. But if you um, do have a significant amount of money, um, allotting yourself um, a more specific amount of money to go grocery shopping with will make you be more thoughtful about your purchases in that area. Um, and I would say, even for myself, I also have CalFresh. Um, it's even good to allot yourself a smaller amount than the CalFresh is because, at least thankfully in California, it's a pretty significant amount Um not when you're, it may not be when you're looking at it for the whole month, but when you're looking at it for one shopping trip, you can definitely leave with a lot, um, which I'm very grateful for. But I try to ensure that it's like, okay, this is just for one week. This is not for the whole month. I don't yeah. need to buy food for the whole month. I know. I, I made that mistake before when I first got CalFresh. I was like, oh my God, I have so much money to spend. And then I had to put half the food in the freezer mm-hmm. because I forgot that I needed it to last me the whole month and not just that one week. 
Um, but like in instances of like buying things that are already pre-frozen, like I bought this huge pack of like chicken legs, like there was literally like 15 or 20 chicken (laughs) legs and I just put them in the freezer for like a month because I kept putting off cooking all of them because I cooked all of them at once or like most of them at once and then put the rest back in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Food, um, if you put it in the freezer will often last really long we're really long after the expiration date or the best buy date um and that's another uh, really easy way to avoid food waste is to do your research on best buy dates and expiration dates because they usually last a long time after those dates i think technically expiration dates you're not supposed to eat them after but n- almost nothing has an actual expiration date on it um pretty much everything has a best buy sell by um, and things will last for weeks or even months, depending on what the item is. Um, and there's charts you can find online for that. So I encourage you to um, look that up. Um, or I think usually you can find resources from Feeding America have information about that. And yeah, I'm. it's my job to get expired food. And almost everything that I eat is not expired, but past its sell-by date. Um, and... I've never gotten sick, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, so I'm half German, and my dad is from Germany, grew up in Germany, and so my grandparents grew up during World War II, and they were kind of raised to, like, do things, like, in rations and really conserve as much as they could, and so, like, when they raised my dad, they kind of put those same values into him even though they weren't in world war ii anymore and he kind of did the same things with me so i remember a few times on halloween my grandma would come to visit and she would make pumpkin soup from our old pumpkins and sometimes those pumpkins i was like a little bit in disbelief that she actually used them because (laughs) they were not looking good but i still ate it and or like another thing she would do is like when you have like a Nutella jar, but like you can't get the rest of like the Nutella out of the jar. She put like hot water or like you can like warm up some milk and put in there and shake it and it's like a chocolate, like hot cocoa or like a chocolate milkshake. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just like little ways to like get as much food out of something as you can. Um, Yeah, just wanted to share that. Yeah, oh yeah, I think that's really cool. And it's, it's a, it's a really interesting way to explore cooking and eating is to um, really recognize these like limits that you have and um, really committing to using all of the food that you have. Um, but there's also no shame if you come from a family that is kind of like scared of food by a passage best by date. That's almost like what we've been told to do um by corporations because they want us to let things expire and then have to buy a new one that's double the profits for them um so it's definitely something that a lot of people have to unlearn um but i think it's something you can have a lot of fun unlearning yeah or like even like let's say you're eating a vegetable and there's like one part that's like a little bit spoiled you can just cut it off you can cut it off and eat the rest and if you're really scared you can wash it (laughs) you can wash it boil it whatever you need to do to feel comfortable but most of the time it's still pretty good to eat Mm -hmm. and it tastes just as good yeah i'm not a doctor but like mold isn't that bad (laughs) (laughs) hey you know what i haven't died yet (laughs) i haven't died yet i haven't gotten food poisoning ever so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um we've been talking a lot about um just like how to minimize food waste 
just in your everyday life, but um, we can get a little bit more specific into how to minimize food waste if you are food insecure um, and some resources you might want to check out. Um, and feel free to check out these resources whether or not you're food insecure. You still might find them interesting or you might want to volunteer for them or just look into them or have them as resources to offer to other people. Um, so my personal favorite, because I work there, is um, Food Recovery Network. Is um, It's a college campus program where um, they're usually volunteers, sometimes they're paid, are uh, set to go out to uh, grocery stores and restaurants and pick out items that they can no longer sell and then they take them back to their campus and give it out to students or the community for free. Um, and a lot of college campuses have this. Um, however, a lot of campuses also lost their food recovery network programs during um, COVID. So you, if you're in college and you notice that your campus doesn't have a program, I really encourage you to try to make one uh, if you have the resources. Um, the Food Recovery National has um, grants that they can give you um, and they can help you set everything up. And it's, um, it's an incredibly rewarding thing to work in. Um, and it's also really incredible to receive food from if you don't have availability to volunteer. Um, which, how, how long have you been working there? Um, I think two years in March. Nice. Yeah. What, what got you into it? Um, I... I used to work, I'm wearing this beanie, and it says uh, it's for a lake that's um, like 45 minutes east of here. I used to work there, um, and my job was to rent out fishing boats and clean fishing boats, and I really didn't like that job. <laughs> um, so I kind of just applied to it on a whim. Um, it is a paid uh, job at our campus, which is incredible and rare, but I think it should be that way at every campus, because um, it only takes a few people to have it running, and... Um, the amount of people that we help and the uh, we recovered like over 60,000 pounds of food in the last year. Oh, wow. Um, it's really the ratio of how much money they're spending versus how many people they're helping is uh, really great. Um, and someone uh, should be recovering the food either way. So college students are a really good asset for that. So, yeah, I love Food Recovery Network. Uh, check it out uh, if you go to UCSD make sure you check it out um, and if you go to a different college or you have a college in your community I suggest you check it out as well um, and then a lot of other um, organizations have food recovery programs as well um, one that I know is in most at least large cities is Feeding America check out your local Feeding America they uh, will likely have distributions with recovered food or with not recovered food um, but if you're food insecure um, those are both good options. Um, and there might be other food banks as well that do food recovery. Um, in California specifically, uh, food recovery has been ramped up in the past year because it's like kind of become a law. Um, I'll try not to talk about it too much because I don't know the details that well, but if you want to look up that law, it's SP 1383. Um, and then as before, we talked about uh, CalFresh or whatever your um, electronic benefits EBT might be in your specific state, um, be sure to check that out as well. Um, although that's not specifically related to sustainability, I suppose, um, but it's a really important resource, um, and I think for college students it can do a lot. Um, and then some food waste specific resources um, 
that I suggest to people who are food secure or people who are food insecure if they um, have the resources for it is there are services like Imperfect Foods. Um, Imperfect Foods works similarly to food recovery. Um, it's basically just items that um, a grocery store wouldn't sell, usually like ugly fruit, uh, ugly vegetables that they don't want on their shelves. Um, Imperfect Foods yeah. uh, sells those for a discounted rate. I know I used to work at Whole Foods in the produce department um, and Whole Foods has like a lot of standards as to what they're allowed to put out and what they're not allowed to put out. So I remember I would put out onions and like if the onions like looked ugly, we had to mark them as spoilage, even if they were like completely fine. Just the fact that they looked ugly meant that they weren't up to standard and we had to mark them as spoilage. I think Whole Foods actually has like a composting program. So all the spoilage gets sent to compost, but it's like still so much food that is like not being eaten because it does not look good. But it's like fine. It's just like a little imperfect. Yeah, yeah. And of course, like we know that Whole Foods is a very like high skill place, but it's definitely not exclusive to high skill places either. Um, I personally recover from Target and Vons and as soon as they have like as soon as bananas are like one speck of brown they're out of there and we'll pick up like eight <laughs> banana boxes at a time and it's like wow um, oh my gosh so yeah I think Imperfect Foods is a really um awesome resource um I haven't personally used it because I do food recovery myself but um I think I learned recently it was actually um founded by a food recovery network alum which is oh, cool. um that's cool yeah so i definitely suggest checking that out and then there's also too good to go which is an app that um it it allows restaurants to like sell their like last of the day stuff the stuff mm -hmm. that they didn't sell in the day and then they sell it for a discounted rate at the end of the day um, unfortunately in San Diego, it is not very well implemented. There's like a couple places you can go, if any. Yeah, um, I think I have that app actually, and I'm pretty sure it's like only restaurants in New York or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I know that's very common. I had a friend that worked at Dunkin' and they make like hundreds of donuts every day. And at the end of the day, they are like obligated to throw them away. Like mm -hmm. they can't give them out. If there's a homeless person sitting outside, they can't give it to them. They're not allowed to take it. Like, they can't take it. They have to throw it away. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And luckily, um, the laws changing in California should help reduce that. But that is not national and not worldwide. Um, so it's definitely something to advocate for in your community. Um, so, yeah. I suggest checking out those apps. And, you know, if you work at a restaurant... Maybe try to see how you might be able to utilize Too Good To Go at your own place. Um, and then beyond food insecurity, there's um, ways that either way um, you can make sure to uh, reduce food waste. Um, as we spoke about before, the most important food is just, to, or the most important thing is to just buy food and eat all of it. Mm -hmm. um, you can try finishing food before you go shopping again, offering it to others, um, or like figure out how you can save food longer, whether that's freezing it or like vacuum sealing it. Um, or once the food does go 
bad, or I say go bad, I don't think that's the best way to say it, but once the food is not in its like ideal state, um, do some research on how you can use it in different ways. Um, I've seen people drink, spoiled, well not drink spoiled milk, but use spoiled milk in cooking and specifically baking. And I think like if you do it right, it's just the same as like buttermilk. <laughs> yeah. Or like you can also compost things. Um, if you go to UCSD, um, we actually have a composting program that's currently being implemented in 7th Market. So if you are in 7th College, um, you can get like a little compost bin from the Student Sustainability Collective or SSC. Um, you get like a little bin and then you can fill it up with your food scraps and then bring it to 7th Market. And from what I know, they're actually expanding to Warren College. So be on the lookout for those things if you're a UCSD student and want to compost I think also in a lot of bathrooms around campus, we have composting bins um, dedicated to paper towels. So if you go to wash your hands, make sure to throw away your paper towels in the right bin. Mm -hmm. But only paper towels. Yes. I think they'll just throw the whole thing away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, compost is, is they, people don't make it easy. So I encourage you to do your research on it. It is easier than it seems. Um, I'll say that much. And if you um if you find it difficult to know what to do with compost initially what i personally do is i just have um, like a tupperware that i fill with all my scraps and then i just put it in the freezer um so it doesn't stink it doesn't do anything it's it basically so is smart. just yeah it's in this like frozen state until you actually <laughs> manage it to get it into a compost bin yeah. um <laughs> i actually have a funny story so i was trying to like build a compost bin for my apartment like to put on our like balcony like make a DIY one and I bought I prematurely bought like a little bin to put the food scraps in before I made the compost bin so like my roommates and I started to put food scraps in, in like the little container that we had in our kitchen but I still had yet to make the compost bin and I still have not made the <laughs> compost bin and so if the container ended up like filling all the way it's not it's like too big to put in the freezer so I kind of just put it outside it's been sitting outside for a while and still haven't made the compost bin there's still food scraps in there and we'll see what happens we'll see what <laughs> happens but my hope is that I will make a compost bin soon <laughs> Yeah. If not, I'll I'll take it to seventh college and drop it off there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, even if you do have the money to buy those like special tools and things, it just ends up being easier just to like put it in a bag and put it outside or put it in a Tupperware, put it in the freezer. You definitely don't need. Well, the only special resource that you need is um like a compost pile. Um, yeah. And. We have a lot of those at UCSD. Um, like, every community garden pretty much has one, and we have, like, seven community gardens. Yeah. Um, but also, if you don't uh, live in or around UCSD, you can check out local community gardens, and they'll most likely have a compost um, area of their own. Yeah, I know also in the graduate school, they have their own, like, in the graduate housing, they have their own gardens, and most of those also have, like, their own compost piles. Um, I live... Let me not say that. <laughs> Let me not. Let me not say where I live. Um, I know also the city of San Diego um, has like a whole bunch of composting centers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the big one where they compost everything together is in Mira Mesa, but they have like local gardens normally. So if you look it up, 
Um, most of those have like compost drop-offs. Yeah, I think if you have a home or if you own a, if you live in a like a house, um, I think you can usually get like a trash bin that's specifically for compost. I don't know exactly how that's processed, so yeah, I can't say if it's like done very well. But um, that's also available if you um, live in a house. Um, all right, and then so yeah, definitely compost if you can. Um, but even better than composting, just eat everything that you can or feed it to animals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. Uh, we we get a lot of people um, at the the food pantry and our food recovery network that ask for what we have that people don't want to take if it's like wilted greens and stuff and they're like can I feed it to my chickens can I feed it to my turtle and we're like absolutely any day um so feel free to check if any of your neighbors or friends have pets that might like to eat what you don't want to eat um it's still better (laughs) there's um I don't know it um from my head but there's a like triangle of food waste that goes like at the top this is like the best thing to do to food waste and at the bottom is the worst thing so at the top um the number one thing is just to uh like reduce um inventory I guess like don't order too much food um it's the weird thing about working in this area is that your your hopes and dreams is that your job will be absolute uh, absolute someday like I don't want to have to pick up food because ideally they wouldn't over order. Um, yeah. But hopefully that someday that'll be a thing, but we're far from it now. Um, and then number two is feeding people. And then like number three is feeding animals. And then I think there's a few more. One of them's compost. And then at the bottom is landfills. Um, so I think it's called the food waste pyramid. If you want to check it out, um, it's cool. But um, generally if it's just yourself, your options are going to be um, feed people feed animals, compost, or, um, landfill. Um, so yeah, after compost, um, just a reminder that you don't have to be, well, it's more important for you to eat than to be sustainable. If you're in a situation where you don't see any of these as being viable, um, it's okay. Um, it's not viable in a lot of areas in the U.S. and all over the world. Um, and the most sustainable thing you can do is give yourself energy to help people in different ways. Um, yeah. Stay alive first, yeah. <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah. Absolutely. Like to do anything good or sustainable, you need to be functioning. <laughs> yeah. And you need to be nourished. And so that's the priority. Mm-hmm. Because you can't nourish anyone else. You can't nourish the planet if you're not nourished yourself. Absolutely. Um, so, that's basically some of the basics. Uh, if you go to UCSD, just some quick things, I encourage you to check out, um, both in regards to food waste and food insecurity. Uh, we have the Triton Food Pantry, uh, that allows you a certain amount of food every week for free. Food Recovery Network, uh, which I mentioned before. Um, the Hub Basic Needs Center, which can help you apply to CalFresh. Um, and they also offer other emergency resources for food and housing and financial services. Uh, and we also have a grocery shuttle that um, can help you get to more affordable grocery stores that aren't close to campus or culturally re- relevant stores as well. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you, Kaylee, for spreading your knowledge from the Food Recovery Network with us. Um, And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Stay on the lookout for upcoming episodes. If you want to know more about ISC, uh, check us out on Instagram at ISCUCSD. Bye. Bye.